Now we're doing some, some new things here this morning. I like it. Some banjo. All about the amazing God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amazing that he can be three in one. And all at once. Remember that. That's important. That, that idea is under attack even today in, in some churches. He's all three of these persons at once, all the time. Not sometimes the Spirit, sometimes the Son, sometimes the Father, but he's all three all the time. And his word is, is clear about that. So keep that in mind. Now turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 4. As we continue to examine our eyes our vision, our sight, to see if we are seeing with 2020 vision, trying to play off on the year that it is. Here we are now in March already, maybe the fastest year on record. Would, you, would anybody agree with that? It's going fast. Um, of course, my grandmother told me this a long time ago, that every year goes faster, and um, she's correct. Although now, I think for her, it's slowed down some, because she's in the glory. She's in the presence of God with, with all the saints who have gone before us. And so I think at that, t- at that point, it's got to slow down uh, a little bit, or at least it doesn't matter anymore. And I praise God for that thought because it, again, comes from the, the truth of God. And so John chapter 4 this morning, page 589 in the Bibles that are provided, as uh, we're going to read uh, a story of the, of, that took place in the life of Jesus and that, that we referred to a couple of weeks ago. Um, John chapter 4, starting with verse 4. This is speaking about Jesus. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Anybody who wanted to go to the northern part of Israel or the southern part of Israel during the days of Jesus had to go through Samaria, or you had to go around. Now, a lot of people chose to go around. They just did not want to go through there. But Jesus had to go through Samaria. We find out why as we go. So he came to a a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst, indeed, The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said, have just said, is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Praise God. I'm sorry to stop in the middle of the story, but praise God. There, there are so many, so many things in this story. So many amazing truths, so many amazing angles at, at life and our approach to life and what life is all about, about God and, and what he's looking for. Did you, did you hear that, what Jesus said, that God's looking for worshipers? That's good for us if we're really worshiping. That's good for us. If we're worshiping in spirit and truth, as he says here, this is good for us. But what I want us to focus on this morning from this passage, and as I mentioned, there are many, many things here. Last time I referred to it a few weeks ago as we were talking about God's love for lost people, people who don't know Christ, and our need to have 20-20 vision in seeing people as God sees them. Not from a worldly perspective any longer. This is an example of that. That's why we referred to it a couple of weeks ago. Jesus isn't referring, isn't isn't looking at this woman any longer from a worldly perspective. In in his world, the world of, of first century Judea, his world looked at her as an untouchable, as somebody he would not even have a conversation with. So he wasn't looking at her any longer from a worldly perspective. And we we talked about the the disciples who had gone into town to buy food. They were looking at the the people in town, the Samaritans in town. They were looking at them from a a worldly perspective, a worldly point of view, because they didn't tell anybody in there that Jesus was out there. They just got their food and came back out. They just got their job done. But the woman went back into town, as, as you'll read later, and, and a, a whole multitude of people came out from the town because she told them the Messiah was out there. She told them that the person they had to meet, the person they'd been waiting for, he was out there at the well. And so they all came out 
the, the disciples didn't see them that way. But what I want us to see this morning with 2020 vision is the kind of people that Jesus loves. In his, in his sending out of the disciples, his apostles, as his witnesses in Acts chapter 1, you might remember that he told them that they were going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. Do you remember that? We, in fact, have that out in our, in our hallway. As we, as we think about our responsibility and opportunity to be involved in reaching this world for Christ, we see all of those areas as, as geographic areas. Jerusalem being home, you know, right here where we are. Judea being, you know, our surrounding area. Samaria being, you know, kind of the next area over. And then the uttermost parts of the world being, you know, being all the continents. There's another way of looking at, at these things. Another way that you can see it is when you see Samaria, you realize because of the cultural implications of the time in which this was written and when this took place, that Samaria was filled with people that those that were being originally sent out to reach the world didn't want to have anything to do with. As, as she mentioned, why are you talking to me? Something's not right here. I've never had a Jewish man talk to me before. Why are you talking to me? What's, what's going on? This caught her completely off guard. Because these two people, these two people groups did not mix. And much like what took place in Peter's life, in the trance vision that he had, as Mark read about it in Acts chapter 10, God was telling her and us who get to read the story, his disciples, and then through John's, you know, gospel, all, you know, everybody everywhere, that God loves the untouchables. God, God loves the people that most people would create a bypass highway to get around. Because that's, that's exactly what ordinarily took place when the people of Galilee decided to go down to Jerusalem, even for the festivals, most of the time they wouldn't cut through, they wouldn't take the straight route. They would go around, they would cross the Jordan twice to get to, to, get to Jerusalem. So they didn't have to go in there. They didn't have to rub shoulders with those people. Now, there isn't a single person here today that has a problem with Samaritans. In fact, we, we love that word. Samaritan's Purse just celebrated its 50th anniversary. You know, a takeoff on the, the Good Samaritan, you know, that Jesus uses as an example. Again, Jesus breaking down this, this barrier, this wall. The people of Samaria, the Samaritans, they were the false worshipers of Israel. They were awful people. As she was saying, we worship on this mountain. We worship here. We set up our own temple, we, our, our own you know, places to worship. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We do it right here against the law of God. And they, and they prided themselves in it. They were the worst of the worst. 
and the Jews would have nothing to do with them until Jesus comes along. And he had to go through Samaria. It's great wording. He had to. It's the only way he was going to meet her at the, at the well. And can you imagine hating these people so much that you, you, you even give up this, these wonderful places along the way that had so much great historical and theological value? Like Jacob's well. They never got to drink from Jacob's well because they hated the Samaritans so much. They'd never go through there. Now, thankfully, like I said, that's not us. We do not hate Samaritans. We've got our own. And in a group this size, the people that we don't like are, are various peoples. But you know what God thinks about them? Do you know how God sees them? Do you know how we should see them if we're going to look at them with 2020 vision, which again we get from the Word of God? We can't let anything from our past or our background or our experience or our family's experience color our view of the people around us that we generally don't care for so much. And I'm using that just to kind of tone it down. Because for some of it's even worse than not care for so much. And so we all have to ask ourselves, is there anybody or any group of people that we despise? To the point that we, even if we had an opportunity to tell them about Jesus, we probably wouldn't do it because we just wouldn't be caught dead talking to them. We have to ask ourselves, we have to examine ourselves. When we think about Samaria, when we think about Jacob's well, when we think about Jesus and the woman at the well, we have to think about these things. We have to understand that God loves people and his plan in reaching those people is to use his people to do it. And that's us, those of us who believe in Jesus. I'm not speaking of us more highly than I should. We are God's people if we've put our trust in Jesus Christ. He's made us his children. He did that. We didn't do it. We didn't deserve it. So I'm not bragging on ourselves or, or, or elevating us to some position that we don't deserve. I'm just telling you the way he looks at us. We're his people. We are now, as the apostles were, we are now his witnesses in this world. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, we are his ambassadors in this world. And we have a mission that includes reaching out even to those people, those people whoever those people are in our lives. Whether it's a certain ethnic group or a certain racial group or a certain cultural group, and we have all kinds of nicknames and all kinds of things for all of them, any of those people, whoever they might be. And remember, it'd be different for every single one of us because we all grew up in different parts of the country with different parents who grew up in other different parts of the country who brought along with them all the baggage of, of, of all the different kinds of isms that, that separate us and cause us not to like each other and all those kind of things. And then we've got to realize we've got to break that down. 
we've got to realize that that doesn't belong in our way of thinking because we're the children of God. We've been given this tremendous responsibility to be his witnesses and his ambassadors even to the Samaritans, even to the unlovely. And again, back in the past, there are all kinds of reasons why people hate each other. Great reasons. You, you look at the, at, the, at the early part of the divided kingdom of, of Israel. You know, after Solomon died and the, and the kingdom was split up, there are all kinds of reasons why those people hated each other. And it just kept going and going and going until finally they just considered each other dogs and, and just tried their best to stay away from each other. They certainly weren't going to tell each other important stuff like who the Messiah is and, and how they can be saved. I promise you that the disciples probably not only weren't concerned about telling them about the Messiah, they probably didn't think those people were savable. Some of us might have some of those thoughts about certain groups of people. And we can't. And, and we have to look at our situation where we live and see where, where God is bringing or allowing at least, if, if not causing it, at least allowing it, he's, he's bringing together every kind of person imaginable within our 20-mile radius. So if you've got a certain group of people you don't like, there's some of them around here. And, and some of you are, right now you're thinking like I am, stuff that your grandparents said, you know? I love, I mean, I love my, my, this is my grandpa's Bible. But for some reason, he did not like Chinese people. I don't know why. He didn't. And it's, it's like kind of funny, but it's terribly sad. Now, now he has a Chinese great-grandson. And, he, and he's going to have one for eternity. But he's with the Lord now, and he's, he's already excited about that. But he, at one point, he wouldn't have been that excited about that. It makes no sense. But because that's the way my grandfather was, then that's the way my father should have been. Thankfully, it wasn't. But that's the way it would have worked, and then I would have come down to, it would have come down to me, and the opportunity to adopt a Chinese boy would have just passed right, through, right past us. Because we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that was the right thing to do. Because us Rops, we don't like the China, the Chinamen, as my grandpa would call them. <laughs> we, we don't do that. But that's wrong. We don't do that. We don't think that way anymore. Because when Jesus came into this world, He came into this world for all of us, not just the Jews. If that was the case, then what are most of us doing here? I mean, a few of us might be part Jew or something, but most of us aren't. I don't know if there's any full Jewish person here. None of us would belong here. But God was looking for some Samaritan worshipers. He's looking for worshipers among the groups of people that we traditionally or, or you know, through our family lines or whatever, wouldn't like. 
generally. And we get to break that off. We get, to, we get to break that cycle or that chain off of not liking certain kinds of people. And then we look at our opportunities and we say, wow, look at just, just in my own neighborhood. How many people are here from this country or from that country or from that religious background or that religious background? You know, this, this woman did not believe the same thing about God that Jesus did. And so Jesus didn't say, well, since she doesn't believe the like, same thing as I do, I'm just not going to talk to her about this. No. He told her, that, he told her what was up. He told her that God, that God, even though she didn't believe in God correctly, she, he told her that God loved her. In spite of her sinfulness, which he revealed to her, which she was quite aware of, and was pretty shocked when he told her about herself. But that was amazing to her. Not only that he knew this stuff, but he was still talking to her afterwards. After he knew it. What a, what a statement of love and of concern for an untouchable. We have people around us that believe all different kinds of things. We, we even sometimes would think of it as crazy stuff about God or God's. Because many of them believe in lots of gods. We can't let that stop us. We can't let that stop us from, from letting them know that we know about the one true God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Master, the Lord, the Judge. We, we can't let the fact that they don't believe in him now or they don't even believe in, in, in our concept of God, we can't let that stop us from, from telling them about him. Because he's looking for worshipers among whatever group of people that is that you're not so crazy about, for whatever reason. You don't like their clothing or their religion or their food, their customs, you know, all, all the, and, and the list goes on. Whatever, whatever it is. He's looking for worshipers out of that group. And how, how are they going to become worshipers if they don't find out about him? And how are they going to find out about him if people who know about him, us, that he's placed in their lives, don't tell them? And so, this morning, check your vision. How do you see people around you? Not just the people that you would generally be most inclined to talk to, to reach out to, to care about, to pray for, but even the Samaritans among you, around you, in the next cubicle over, or in the house two doors down, or in the school committee that you're working on, or on the team that your child's playing on or whatever the association is that you have. Did God put you there and did God put them there for that meeting to take place so that they could find out about God's desire to have worshipers from among their people? 
just like he so graciously searched for worshipers among our kind of people, whatever kinds we are. And remember, we're all different kinds too. But God's looking for worshipers. Not people who make up all different kinds of ways to worship. He's looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. He's given us his truth. We're taking advantage of it personally. Can we let the Samaritans know? Has he brought the Samaritans to us? Has he brought you, if you've moved here, to the Samaritans, whoever they might be, whatever they're tagged as within our culture? Do you see them with the same love that God sees them? Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you know how tough it is for us to break the cycle of personal or family discrimination of all different types and sorts. You know how how ingrained that gets in us and how it even makes sense to us. We We can explain it and rationalize it. And then we see Jesus. And we see that he had to go through Samaria because he had to meet her. Help us to open our eyes and to see the Samaritan women in our lives. Whoever they might be, whatever flag they fly, whatever language they speak, whatever customs they use to dress or to eat or to socialize, even if they worship other gods, Help us to be faithful in our witness, in our love, through our expressions of greeting, through our our facial expressions, through our kindnesses shown to them to open those doors. Father, we pray that you would use us to be a part of your search for worshipers from all different kinds of groups so that in our hearts, in our minds, there are no more thems, but all people that Jesus loves and died for. Remind us of your great demonstration of love that while we were still sinners, no matter who we were, No matter what we did, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Like you told Peter, help us to kill and eat. Even foods that we've never eaten before. Because you love 
people. Father, for some this morning, they may have realized that you love them. Help them by your faith, by courage to say yes to Jesus, to accept him, to receive him, that they might become your child as well. And Father, we pray for those who are hearing this in in its many forms this morning, the the gospel, the, the truth about us needing a Savior and you providing us a Savior in Jesus Christ. We pray that many would come to faith as they hear that today, here and around the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The praise team is going to come now and lead us in one more song of praise. As we sing this song, if you've put your trust in Jesus this morning, if you've received him,